At long last, I am able to say a few words of my own. Read my lips. Government is not the solution to our problem. Senator, good morning again in America. Well, look, Big Bird. Yes, we did. Government is the problem. Good evening and welcome to a conservative and a liberal walk into a bar. My name is Matt and I'm a liberal. My name is Tim. I'm a conservative. Yes, you are. Uh, well, it snowed a lot. I don't think it did any of that where you are. You guys don't get snow, right? No, we don't. Is we that, don't get snow. Not unless. No, not unless you're like high. I mean, we're in the Andes Mountains. So, I mean, if you're in like a really like when you look up at the peaks of the mountains, you see snow on top of them. But no, like you're not just chilling in your city. You're not going to get snowed on. I'm sweating right now because of the heat. That's what I'm doing. Ain't, no, ain't nobody sweating up here, not unless you got your heater turned away up. Um, no, we, we had we had lots of snow up here. Uh, I think our parents are sufficiently buried. I uh, I had some, you know, Central North Carolina, not exactly the skiing hotbed that it once was, thanks to global warming. Wait, is that? No, that's right. It never snows here. Um, yeah. But no. it, it did a little bit here in the last couple of days. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've been s- uh, safely ensconced in my home. But, of course, tomorrow it's going to be 45 and it's going to everything will melt off. So no big deal. I want the word snowpocalypse to go away. I feel like that one got coined last year and it's been coined a lot this year. And I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of adding apocalypse to things. I think it needs to go away. This is so funny. This is a topic that I've just I I haven't heard anything about. I haven't you know like I haven't seen snowpocalypse. I haven't seen any snow. I this means so the only reason I even know that it's snowing is because of the UK game and they were talking about how they were amazed at how many fans still came to the UK game. My favorite was uh, was was Coach Calipari's response to that. He said he was expecting about maybe seventeen eighteen thousand people. And then he walked out onto the floor and it was packed. And he said, and I quote, these knuckleheads somehow find a way to get in. Yeah. Yeah. The knucklehead. <laughs> and I kept on waiting for him to be like, you know, but that's why they're the greatest fans. And he never did. Like, he just kind of left us as knuckleheads. <laughs> and I was like, wow. I mean, all right, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm pretty sure that was them. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was said with affection. because <laughs> Don't worry, coach. You're one of us now. <laughs> One yeah. of us. One mm. of us. <laughs> right. So anyway, how you doing? Man, I'm great. Uh baby baby is doing well. Uh enjoying I you know, I mean this is really I'm I guess I'm on paternity leave. I mean we don't we don't have this in, in America, but you know, I mean it's really nice for me and you know Isabel to be able to both be home with the kids for you know, this about two months really is what it'll be by the time we finally get back to the states. So I mean, um, it's it's fantastic. It makes things so much easier. And uh, you know, I wish I wish we could have had this when uh, when we had Tobias. So yeah, no, everything everything's going well. How are you doing? Are you trying to turn us into a foreign country? You don't love America. I don't. I don't think paternity leave is going to turn us into a foreign country. I think. Uh, I think paternity leave is is an intelligent pro uh, pro life pro family policy that is easily affordable. Uh, the current plan that's out there is very reasonable. It's a very small uh, raise in the payroll taxes for an enormous benefit for a section of our population that needs it very very much. Uh, I young young couples. Um, so yeah, you're yeah. not a real conservative. I <laughs> <laughs> man, I well, whatever. I'm, I, I won't I won't joke any further about that. Um, so by the way, I wholeheartedly agree with you. But I'm an evil commie, so you know what are you gonna do? Yeah, all of you uh, guys agree with me. <laughs> Well, yeah, like I say, what can you do? Um, so, well, yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, I'm good. Uh, I, I enjoy days like this. You know, I, I, I don't mind uh, snowstorms. You know, I mean, if it were to last for like a week, uh, that would probably drive me crazy. But, you know, the, the thing that I like about the snow, the limited snowstorms that we've had here in North Carolina the last couple of years is, is that it's, you know, you get a day or two where you just can't do anything 
can't really go anywhere. So you might as well just relax and enjoy it. You know, I mean, I, I, I have plenty of food. I have no reason to, to leave or do anything or, or go any place. And, uh, there's something very sort of comforting about that. And I've, I've, I've been, so I've enjoyed the last 48 hours. That uh, sounds lovely. But, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it, I don't know. People tend to gripe about such things, but I, I, I've, I've sort of enjoyed myself. So, um, yeah, but, uh, so anyway, uh, We'll just jump in. This uh, we have we we have lots to discuss tonight. It's it's been a fairly busy week. I wouldn't say that there's been a lot of big things, but uh, it's been been fairly fairly eventful. I would say uh, so. But to start off, the Democrats, in case anyone you know forgot, uh, and I, I do wonder if the Democrats even wanted anyone to know about it. But they did have a debate last Sunday night. Um, a really good debate on the. They had a fantastic debate. I thought it was outstanding. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really did. I can see where Martin O'Malley was probably not thrilled, um, <laughs> but that's about the only thing because it amused me the way that the moderators would direct a question to Bernie and then give Hillary a chance to respond, and then they'd just be like, "Well, okay, next question for Hillary." <laughs> and, and poor O'Malley. To respond. <laughs> yeah. And poor O'Malley's just standing there like. Fuck, dude, come I'm on. I'm in Did I die? I know. <laughs> even though I'm pulling at like hell, zero. <laughs> I know. He wouldn't he, he would even be allowed in a Republican debate. <laughs> right? <laughs> he wouldn't even get they'd, in. They would have bumped him to the kitty stable years ago. Yeah, just by himself. Um, <laughs> right? He'd be hanging out with Rand Paul and Mike Huckabee. Yeah. Um, no, but, Rand Paul you know, wouldn't go. No, that's true. Rand, Rand forgot to. Rand, Rand decided not to show up. Yeah. So I, but I, th- you know what? I thought that this, this to me was the difference between the state of the two parties in a nutshell. These last two debates, the Republican debate on Thursday, it was a constant: "You suck." No, you suck. No, Obama sucks. No, Hillary sucks. No, you suck. No, you suck. And. Whereas when you got to the Democrats, there were, I mean, there were disagreements and it did get a little bit heated in there in places. But when you boil it all down, you had very clear moments of Bernie saying, this is my idea and this is what I want to do. And then Hillary coming back with, all right, well, this is my idea and this is what I want to do. And then Martin O'Malley going, dude, I'm still here. Whoa. I mean, as Republicans, we're saying the Democrats suck. Where they they don't generally, they didn't generally tend to turn to each other and just give flippant, you know, you suck comments. Uh, I felt like um, no, but I didn't feel like there was anywhere near the amount of actual substantive policy in the Republican debate as there was in the Democrats debate. Uh, man, I think I think that's fair, but you also have to look at this last debate. I mean, this last debate was was pretty much directed. Encourage me if wrong. At foreign policy, uh, they didn't, you know. Th- whereas the Democratic debate, the moderators did a great job of hitting like all of these different major policy things. You know, um, I don't know. I I don't know that that's fair because during the last no, this last Republican debate really didn't have. They now they've done them where they had specific areas of focus. But this last one was not one of them. The moderators were asking questions about finance. They did ask a lot of questions about foreign policy. They asked questions about gun control. Um, they had, again, they had that entire segment on, uh, on, on finance, which I thought was the only uh, financial policy, which I thought was the only real substantive part of the, the Republican debate. But now this one was pretty much fair game from a, topic standpoint well, they didn't, I mean yeah, it's been a little bit it's been a little thing. bit since I saw it so I mean I don't yeah I don't well, they know also had like nine of them so it's easy to get them confused this is true so, well and there's also like um, nine candidates so I can also see yeah. where maybe it's harder to for people to get a chance to really lay out uh, yes this is also a fact some of um, their stuff but I don't but I'm not gonna argue with the fact that this this was a nice it was it was a very nice debate uh, I liked and I, I did like the clarity with which with which a lot of them spoke uh, about their stuff. And honestly, I did enjoy that. I mean, it was a very energetic debate. 
you know, between them. Uh, and they did do a good job of, you know, not getting yeah, personal. Yeah, and, from both of them. It was a real... But there was definite energy, I thought. Yeah, I mean, there, there was some... There was They were good back and forth. And mm-hmm. I think that you came away with a very clear... A very clear distinction between Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. I think um, you did. You know, I don't yeah. think that you can look at the two of them and go, they're interchangeable, because they're not... No, um, no, they're very different candidates. Um, very different. Yeah. Um, a specific things that, that struck me. One, I really liked the way that Clinton, we talked at one point about how, uh, last week about how Christie, Christie not owning up to his stances that he'd taken in the past and trying to rewrite history a bit, like with his comments on the, on, uh, supporting Sotomayor. Yeah. Um, Hillary really seemed to own, a lot of what she's done this time the the entire exchange on uh putin and her relationship with putin i thought was fascinating um uh, in particular the the moderator asked a very pointed question about you know there was that reset of relations that's been much maligned in the media particularly conservative media of course because you know hillary did it um and uh he said you know would you do that again knowing what you know now and her response was well maybe it depends on what we get for it yeah and that was a very good response off a list of things that we got yeah that yeah. We, this list of things that we got for that reset yeah well and, and i saying, don't get you know i think it was worth it she didn't yeah i agreed well and i don't understand the point is she didn't backtrack yeah absolutely so one absolutely right Good on her. I am far more impressed when a candidate says, "Yep, that's what it." And you know, if I, if I, you know, I, that is one thing at least to like about Trump. You know, he doesn't he doesn't back up from what he says. You know, uh, you don't get any of this double talk and backline. It's very straightforward. And both of the both of the Democratic candidates, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, O'Malley, all three of the Democratic candidates uh, demonstrated that. You know, this willingness to say exactly what they meant and not step back. And also, in Hillary's defense, why are we all so mad about hitting the reset button with Russia? I thought that was a very good idea when we did it. Uh, it is clear that we got some stuff out of it. Um, I think that certain things have happened that were not foreseeable. Uh, and I don't see how you can blame that on hitting the reset button. I, I don't get it. I disagree. Well, I mean, I look, I'm, I'm with you. It's the Republicans that are constantly crabbing about it, um, you know, and, and mocking it to a certain extent. It's conservative media anyway. I don't know about. There is mocking and, and of the it. Candidates and I don't understand extent. what else, what else um, are they wanting to do to Russia? I mean, this ain't, <laughs> this ain't Kuwait. <laughs> this is Russia. This is a big country. <laughs> you know, like, you want to go to war? You want to throw down with them? Is that what you want? Um, and, and they don't, you know, and they, they talk about Ukraine, they talk about all these things, but it's a lot like, you know, it's a lot like sometimes when you hear, when you hear my party talk about, uh, the things that they would do different about Syria or the things you, you don't actually hear them state things that they would do that are different. They're just getting mad. And that, that's the way it was when, when they, um, you know, when Russia invaded Georgia, when Russia invaded Ukraine, a lot of shouting, but look, there, there's not a lot we can really do. You can put on some sanctions, which we did, and that's about it. We're not going to go to war over Ukraine, nor do I think we should. They attack Poland. They attack Turkey. Yes, you have to go to war because we're in an alliance. Otherwise, sorry. sorry. <laughs> you know? Well... I mean, I I agree. <laughs> I, you know, Good. I don't understand. I'm it glad either, that's covered. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's 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 I, I but it, it is sort of satisfying to hear you say that because if I say that, then you know, I mean, I I feel like it's easy because I'm just picking on the Republicans. But uh, I mean, you're absolutely right, and, uh, and but it also, I mean, I can joke about it, but it is it also bothers me. A lot because I feel like somewhere in there, maybe they, 
either they actually deep down think it's a good idea and they're trying to save face and gain power by coming the other way and hating on it, or, I, you know, they've just got, they, you know, I don't know. Do they not have any thoughts on it? I mean, because what if they do? You know, or do they really have other ideas? Well, I, do I really you, think you, that President Christie would have handled this situation differently in the last four years. If Mitt had been elected in 2012, would we would we have invaded Syria by now? No, you know, I, I think in the end, Mitt would have been pretty level-headed about it. Captain Mitt standing on a mountain and showing Putin his dick, because that's what we really should be doing. No. We need to be manlier than Putin. Mitt's not a dick I guy. Don't know. Uh, the, no, he's not. No. <laughs> Ron, no, I mean, and this is the thing. You know, I, I think the Romney that we would have gotten was the Romney who, you know, very was very good... In Massachusetts, you know, uh, I, I think is the Romney we would have gotten. You know, he played to the right because he had to. I disagree with that. I don't think he should have, just as I disagreed with McCain playing to the right. Um, but, you know, I, I think we would have gotten a level-headed guy. Um, but that's not important. Anyway, the there is they. I haven't heard anything no, that's else. Not, that's not that the Ukrainians. I don't. I haven't heard anything else from the Republican Party about what they think we should do with Russia. Now, and we we've already gone over this in a show. They have laid out some ideas about what we could do regarding Syria and such that are different. Finally, it took a while for us to just stop shouting and actually put forth some different ideas. And a lot of those ideas came from Bush because he's got a lot of ideas. So, um, yeah, but yeah, so we yeah. did some, but anyway, I want to talk about Sanders. Here's the thing that I noticed about, here's one okay. thing that I noticed about him and, and then I'm gonna let you go. But this is the one thing that I noticed about him is that he seems what he seemed to do a lot during that debate was he was constantly pivoting back to the banks thing, the power of the wealthy thing, yeah. uh, even in moments where it didn't quite fit, he would stop and say, no, 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 no. The real problem is top 1%, wealthy, powered, yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And I kind of feel like if there is an Achilles heel for him, that may be it because he constantly hits back on that one tone. And I don't know that that's going to keep, I don't know he's going to be able to keep banging that drum. Um, uh, but that, 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 okay. So I'm, I don't know that I actually have anything else, to that, but that was the biggest thing that I noticed out of the man. <laughs> so you have thoughts go. Man, well, one, I mean, I would have the exact opposite reaction. Like he really put a, a name, you know, to what he's been trying to say. It's the first time that I've heard him use the proper term, which, which is oligarchy. Um, and that really struck that really struck a chord with me, uh, because that that is the exact opposite of what of what America stands for, um, and it's um, you know this is what Teddy Roosevelt, a Republican, stood up against, which I think Sanders brought up. This is what Teddy Roosevelt stood up against uh, with with all with the with the antitrust work, all the antitrust work that he did. And I think that that's a fair concern uh, that America is on a path towards an oligarchy. Uh, you look at, you know, so some Clinton's plans and Sanders has bought into this a little bit that, you know, okay, we're not going to tax the middle class. So that means that, you know, 250,000 and below. And you're just like, wait a minute, you're putting 250,000 as middle class. Are you kidding me? The me- median household income is $53,000. If you make $220,000, you are loaded. And it's a very small portion of the population that has that kind of money. Uh, and so I, I think Sanders did great uh, for hitting, for, for, for calling it as it is. And, and yeah, I, I really, I really liked it. I, I thought no, it was good I, that he I, kept on coming back to it. Let's be clear. I didn't, I didn't think that it was necessarily, I didn't think he did badly at all. I thought he did well. And I thought they both had good debates. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did notice that that was really more of an observation. He keeps Mm. pivoting back to this thing. Well, because his Um, whole thing is that this is a revolution against an oligarchy. 
That's that's his, he is not you know this is not a mainstream candidate this is not a someone who wants to you know tinker with this or that he wants to rewrite the structure of American politics and society and if you're gonna I mean if that's your card then you got to have somebody you're fighting against so he's fighting against the oligarchy and he is sticking to it I mean he's mm-hmm. not bending he is and and he's gaining traction with it. And so yes, you have is. to wonder how much that's really going to play, you know, um, and how far it can go. Because maybe he's right. I mean, there's, there are a lot of things. He's leading in the first two states. I'm not entirely sure how I feel about him. But but he's leading in the first two states. and But a lot of what he does say is that are things that I am extraordinarily concerned about. The thing to me like what that, and you know, we can go ahead and talk about this if you want, because it's tied are citizens United. Um, and the amount, the sheer amount of money involved in politics these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and citizens United was on the news this week a lot because it was the fifth anniversary of it. Uh, it has that alone. That to me is one of the biggest if not the biggest Supreme court decision in the last 20 years, um, uh, because it fundamentally rerouted how our campaigns are run. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we talked at one point about how, uh, the, you know, the Republicans attempt to stack the court over the years was purely based on we can reverse Roe v. Wade and that's a reason to stack the court. Well, this is a consequence of trying to stack the court because only this court would have passed Citizens United. Um, and oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Re- is that fair? This, this way. I don't think that's fair. Yes, I think it's absolutely fair. I think that this is, the res- that this is at least a result of stacking the court with conservatives. Uh, but I don't... You don't? Man, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like... I don't know. I mean, I haven't looked at the five, four thing. I don't, I guess maybe it was along quote unquote party lines, but I, I don't like the idea that citizens United is being declared a, a Republican victory as if this is something that Republicans would have wanted. Uh, yeah, I don't think I don't like, cause I don't like I it. I think it was dude. I don't like it. I don't well, like it one no, bit. But I think that it's something that the party pushed for. And I believe, as far as I know, the vote was directly along uh, conservative and liberal lines. But, I mean, it was overturning a law pinned by a Republican. Uh, yeah, but it was over. Yes, but it was a law pinned by McCain, uh, who. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, this is a split. If any, I mean, well, I mean uh, at the time, know. I mean, let's face it. He's not a. Uh, I mean, this was not this. But this this was a, this was a bipartisan uh uh, it was a, that was a bipartisan agreement. Um, the opinions were okay. So the opinion was written by Kennedy, uh, concurred with by Roberts and Alito Scalia, of course, uh, and Thomas. So that's five right there. Mm-hmm. Thomas Roberts Scalia and Kennedy. I know are conservatives and Alito is a George W. Bush nominee. Hmm. So yeah. he's a conservative. So yeah, it was five four directly along conservative directly lines. Yeah, uh, I, I mean Kennedy was I a guess. Reagan nominee. Yeah, yeah. Well, so what is so Kennedy was a Reagan nominee. All right. So what what is Sanders planning for getting so, rid of this? Yeah. This because that's a legitimate question. All right. So all right. So say you what's his plan? He wants campaign finance reform. Has he given a plan for what sort of finance reform he would do? Because it's not easy to overturn ah. the Supreme Court. No, it's not. And there are a lot of people that think it's borderline impossible to do it. I've read several opinions to that effect this week that it, that getting rid of Citizens United, reversing Citizens United, is going to be very, very difficult. Um, uh, and I don't. I, I honestly don't know what he's. I know he has said that he wants to do something. Um, um, but that's one that he hasn't specifically said anything um, about, you know, he said he wants to get the money out of politics, but what is ex- how exactly he wants to do it? I couldn't tell you. That's uh, the thing. Well, and Obama touched uh, on it with the state of a union that we have to 
if, if the way we had currently written it can't pass muster in the courts, then we have to figure out a way that will. We have to figure out the proper language and the proper that will pass muster in the courts. And so, yeah, I think there definitely needs to be a, right. a, a very strong well, look okay, at how so this goes down. Some quotes from Sanders. I got some. I got some. I got some quotes from BernieSanders.com. Uh, as president, I will quote: "Only appoint Supreme Court justices who will make it a priority to overturn Citizens United." Fight to pass a constitutional amendment, making it clear that Congress and the states have the power to regulate money in elections. Okay. Fight for public for a publicly financed, transparent system of campaign financing that amplifies small donations along the lines of the Fair Elections Now Act that I have co-sponsored. Fight to eliminate super PACs. Work aggressively to enforce campaign finance rules. Etc. Etc. Okay. Well, that's out kind of and, those and the, I would say the Supreme Court justices and the constitutional amendment are the big ones. And I think that's right because you know there's a lot of people throwing out the idea that this next president will get to appoint three or four judges, uh, which that seems like a lot to me. But I mean, if that's the case, then that, that would be me too. Well, Ginsburg that get, would be more Ginsburg's than enough. Getting up there, yeah. That I mean, that would be more than enough to overturn it if there are Republicans who resign. Um, or conservatives. Well, Ginsburg, Ginsburg is the oldest that I'm aware of that's still there, and she is not. She is not a Republican. No. <laughs> um, so I mean, I don't know. Uh, you know, Scalia, I think, is getting up there. Thomas is probably getting up there. But you got to remember, these guys tend to hold on. They try yeah, to they hold do. on. If it's yeah. if it's not if it's the wrong if the wrong party is in, is in control, they really try to hold on for the next one. So I guess we'll see. But I I want to talk some more about Sanders because I do as a, even as a conservative, I do like some of the things that he puts out there. You know, uh, I have always been a proponent of a single payer system, right? I've always yeah. been a proponent. Yeah. I think I think this is good. I think our businesses are at a huge disadvantage because of the employer-based model that we have. And the employer-based model is not new. It's not like that's because of the Affordable Care Act. We have been on an employer-based model for forever. I mean, as long as, long as I've been alive, it's been an employer-based model. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think this yeah. does yeah. huge no, damage right. to our businesses. Um you know, I the the sort of payroll taxes uh, additions that he's talking about in order to make it happen are pretty legit. You know, two point two percent for uh, you know uh, for the for individuals. This is way cheaper than what you pay in premiums. Not to mention how much you end up paying in deductibles and all this crap. Uh, the the six percent on the business side worries me a little bit but businesses spend if you're a business that has more than 50 employees the amount that you spend on providing medical care for your for your people is insane so i mean the only people that get that would be hurt by this i feel like the only people that would be hurt by this really would be businesses with less than 50 people uh so i think somewhere it would need to be tweaked in order to protect them uh but other than that I mean, this would be great. And I get what Clinton is saying when she talks about how that this would be, uh, you know, you don't want to rehash that fight, restart things over again. And this is something that I don't think enough people are talking about. Sanders is rallying the millennials, This, in, which apparently I'm a part of. I'm excited about it. I didn't realize that, but I count. I'm a millennial. Um, but uh, he is rallying this huge group of people who do not usually vote. So I think if you, I think if we have a Trump versus Sanders, you are going to see a Democratic turnout like you have never seen before. You are going to see Democratic turnout even better than Obama in two thousand eight. Oh yeah, and they are going to sweep Congress. What I people think. don't really get is that Bernie. Bernie mobilizes the Democratic base like, I don't know, like Sarah Palin motivates the Republican base. And by the base, in this case, I mean the crazies. I mean the people that are so unbelievably hardcore progressive. You know, the people that look at Obama Mm -hmm. and go, he is not liberal enough. You know, 
And the people mm-hmm. that look at Hillary, who's a Clinton for heaven's sakes, and say she's not liberal enough. That's and it's and it's the same as the people that are big supporters of like Sarah Palin that look at Jeb Bush and go, You're not conservative enough. You know, you don't pass that litmus test. Bernie passes that litmus test. And mm-hmm. if they have a shot, what they see is a real shot of electing that guy. And just to make it a little bit more, he's up against somebody like Trump. You're absolutely And Trump absolutely motivates right. all the other Democrats. Yes, he does. All the other Democrats who are like, uh, maybe I'll just say something. No. If, if, the, if it's Trump, they are going to get out. And they are going to vote to try and stop him. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that... I think that a lot of Bernie's things that in a nor- that normally would not have much of a chance, I think at least in his first two years, when you've got all those extra people at the polls, I think you're looking at a lot of Democrats winning on his coattails, and you're looking at a majority in the Senate. I mean, the House would be hard to take. <laughs> that would be real tough. Uh, but there's a lead, there's possibilities there. And that's, and that's where it does make me nervous because I like some of his ideas, right? I like single payer. I like paternity leave. Uh, but I, you know, I don't think that his college, the, all this free college stuff, I, I don't no, like, I that, don't like, I don't know? like a $15 an hour minimum wage either. I don't like, that's the thing that freaks me out. Like that would destroy things. Um, you know, and it's funny because the exact group that's for them, the millennials, the, the young, these are the sorts of policies that actually end up hurting them, you know, because these are the sorts of things that lead to high levels of youth unemployment. And you look at the places that Bernie looks at, you know, Bernie's always talking about Europe. Look at Europe. They have massive youth unemployment and it's because of policies that like this. That incur that do not encourage employers to hire new people. Yeah, yeah, you're. I I think you're absolutely right, and it's it's. I think that that's a it's it's a dangerous game, and Bernie's. It I, is. To, I, I suffice it to say, I I think that the first couple of years of Bernie's term could be fascinating if he actually becomes the president, and I do think now. You have to look at that as a possibility. and But it is one reason that I have to be a little concerned with Hillary because I don't know that it's necessarily a great thing to look back and say, I'm just going to keep doing what Obama's been doing. Because I think that, that in a lot of ways, that was what she was saying yes. throughout the debate. She is really she trying to establish really herself as Obama's. on being Obama's successor. Yes, I will mm-hmm. be Obama's third term. I like what he did. I'm going to keep going on that. And I think she sees that as a path to victory, at least in the primaries. And I don't know if she's right because I don't even know that that sells me. You know, somebody who is a moderate as, a, as, 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 uh, well, really? I would think as a, as, as a liberal. Yeah. Um, because there are things about, but again, it depends on who is on the Republican side. If I actually had a choice between what I saw as a reasonable candidate, not Trump, not Cruz, not Rubio, I'm talking a John Kasich, maybe Kasich. maybe a yeah. Jed Bush, certainly a John Huntsman, somebody along those lines, then I have a choice yeah. to make. But if the Republicans make it easy on somebody like me and put Donald fucking Trump up there, well, then no, I don't have anything to think about. There's no decision to be made, you know? Yeah, but I think what hurts Clinton is not the fact that she is saying that she's she is Obama's successor. I think what hurts Clinton is the fact that she's Clinton. You know, I mean, all the things that go along with that. Uh, but her trying to, her holding on to this idea that she's Obama's standard, I think that's a that's a plus, I think. You think it's a good move? For her. Okay. I, I think so, you know. Um, well, but it also gets she's back to, the pair of steady hands that can, that's going to continue us on this path. And the thing that speaks against her is all the things that you know, the somewhat shady past, the emails, uh, this these that make her not seem like a steady pair it, of hands. Just give it the fuck up. I'm serious. All of it. Just let it go. Because 
All, like, all, what the, the what emails, are you talking about? Benghazi, bills passed. Wait, let go of the any emails. Of this stuff. Because here's the thing. No, wait a minute. I'm with you on Benghazi. All right, tell me about emails. Why should I let because go of the Because the thing about it is, is that with all of this stuff, what basically you're trying to, con- all these people are trying to convince me is that Hillary Clinton has done shady stuff in her past, which in my mind makes her a politician. Okay. It doesn't make her different. It doesn't make her better. It doesn't make her worse. It makes her par for the course. And I don't think you can find any politician anywhere in this country today operating that is completely squeaky clean and doesn't have shady stuff in their past. They all do. Every one of them. And what Hillary has done, I don't think is any better or any worse than any of the number of shady things that most politicians do in their lifetimes. The only difference is that in this case, she's Hillary Clinton, Fox News hates her, and they want to do everything they can do to discredit her, period. And so they're dragging all this stuff out over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And the fact of the matter is, is that the Republicans lost any credibility they had when whoever that guy was, who's the head of the committee, basically said, yes, we are hitting on Benghazi because it's political. Not because we actually think anything is there. You know, I never said Benghazi for that specific reason that I, I agree that this one, this one is, well, and I think it, but I think but, it weakens their, but I think I think you're lumping the email thing well, in I think with it. it. I am because I think it weakens their argument when it comes to the email thing. But the Republicans don't have an argument. The Republicans aren't the one investigating this. It's the FBI that's investigating all of this. Now they're not. And the FBI has been very clear that they are not specifically investigating Hillary Clinton. But they're investigating the situation overall. Uh, but still, I it, all of this at, at at best demonstrates a certain. I, I hate to use the term incompetence because I don't think she's incompetent. But that this was just incredibly stupid, and concerning, and considering all of the emphasis that we're placing on the need for intelligence and secrecy and encryption and all this stuff. To f up your email like this, uh, at yeah, at best was incredibly I stupid, I, I, and that hurts the steady hand well, argument. I still don't look. I'm sorry. I still don't. Speaking as somebody who, I I don't. I just, I. It's not that I don't think it was a big deal, but I don't think that it says as much as people want to think it says about her and her skills as a leader. I just don't. Most of it has to do with my understanding of uh, and where I come from just having dealt with elected officials and technology. And and not only that, but people Hillary's age in technology. I just don't know that that understanding is there. And eight years ago. You're the Secretary of State. Eight years ago. The idea that the Secretary of State would have gone to her people and said... You know what? Do what you think is best. Her tech guys and said, you know what? I I got Secretary of State things to do. You give me what I need to communicate with people back and forth and do what you think is best. And then immediately left and had somebody that she trusted come up to her and go, okay, so wait, I do what? So this is my, what is this? This is my BlackBerry. Oh, okay. It's a BlackBerry. BlackBerry. That's what's called BlackBerry. Okay. So what do I do? I tap. I just type on this thing, this keyboard, and then I, I tap, and then and it gets sent, and it's okay. And the tech guy goes, yeah, and she goes, oh, okay, good. I got a plane to catch. I can almost guarantee you that that's probably how that conversation went down. And I mean, I mean, great, but if they if they do, I mean, they've already showed, it, sound, it seems like they've already showed that pretty private classified stuff went through there. And if they do find that that happened, then I, I you know, I, I don't care how the conversation went down. You, you, you were sloppy handling classified information. So we'll, I guess we'll, I guess we'll, we'll see what the FBI yeah, says. Uh, look, and that's but, all we, that's all we uh, can do. I don't, we're not going to, yeah. 
I'm I'm sorry. I'm not convinced. I'm still not convinced. The only honestly, the ultimate ultimately, the final word on this is going to come from the FBI. And it's like you said, the Fair FBI enough. is not investigating her specifically. So right, they're investigating the whole thing, so which I think go. says a lot. Um, so, but regardless, I don't think that the Obama thing, her claiming to be Obama's successor, is a bad thing. I okay. think a lot of Democrats like Obama. You know. Uh, and so, okay, she's the successor. You want to see that work continue? Pick me. You want to see a whole new revolution? Pick Bernie Sanders. Fair enough. All right. We need to move on a little bit because we've, we've talked about this for a long time. But this is actually, I, to me, I, I think this is, a good, this is a good turning point. I want to do our round of applause first this week um, because I... Uh, we've been talking about Bernie and his salary raises and 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 what he's going to do with the revolution, yada yada yada. Uh, my round of applause this week goes to Walmart of all places. Reason it goes to Walmart. Walmart. First of all, I hate Walmart. Okay, I go to Walmart when I want to feel dirty about myself. Uh, it, you know, you 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 can you can pick a, a strip club in a nasty neighborhood or Walmart. I'm going to feel the same walking out of each and. That has been my policy for years. Walmart, I've always felt like treated their employees badly. They had horrible uh, policies when it came to what they paid their people, preventing people from getting benefits and all of this mess. And in the last two years, Walmart has actually raised their uh, pay scales, their minimum pay scales for all of their employees, every one of them, so that their average hourly rate uh, their average hourly rate for full-time workers beginning in February will be $13.38 an hour, which for the kind of job that Walmart provides is outstanding. Uh, part-time workers' pay rate hour will be $10.58 an hour. Um, their minimum hiring standard will be, uh, uh, will be at least uh, $10 an hour beginning as of, a, as of a couple of weeks ago. I wow. think... I, I think it's I think it's phenomenal. Um, I really do. Um, now they're getting some crap from some people who want to start unions, saying that it's nothing but a publicity stunt. But you know what? I'm sorry. It's it's beginning. It is it is a it is it is a gradual change in culture at one of the largest employers, uh, particularly in small towns. You drop a Walmart in the middle of a small town in the United States. And they are fast going to become one of the one of the uh, largest employers in that area, uh, and that's that's been the case for a number of years now. And I think it's I think it is these are phenomenal steps in the right direction, and I'm 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 really proud of them. I don't know that I'm going to start shopping there, uh, but because I'm sorry I'm <laughs> I might be a target I'm, I'm still kind of a target guy, but you know I I think it's I I really do think it's great. Uh, that they're they're taking these steps and really trying to change their culture and 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 good good for Walmart uh, for doing this without the government having to step in and do it for them they're actually taking steps to get it done so good on Walmart yay yeah absolutely that is that is absolutely fantastic uh, for Walmart to be stepping up and doing that you know I mean I I disagree with some of what you said as far as you know they're trying to keep employees from get benefits and that sort of thing that's that's exactly what I was talking about with with Bernie Sanders and the the fact that the employer based model hurts hurts our businesses. Well, um, I mean, Walmart was you know but because, Walmart because had a pretty documented business, you, you Walmart in dodge. the past had a pretty documented. They were sued several times, and it was pretty much agreed that they they had a predominantly male management force. They deliberately stopped their people at certain points so that they wouldn't have to pay him benefits uh, from an hourly average. Well, absolutely. Like Um, I, I don't have it. I don't have anything against a company that does that. Now the, the male female thing, no, ew, that's awful. But a company who says, well, look at this. If we just hire part-time workers, then we don't have to pay benefits. I have nothing against a company that does that at all. Uh, well, but when it's a company against the company, I have a problem with it with Walmart because you're right to a certain extent, that's the company's policy. But when you have a company like Walmart that for years operated under the standard of, we are going to go into towns and put all of our competition out of business. This was how they did things. They went into towns, found out what the local competition was like and deliberately undercut prices so that they would put everybody else out of business. 
And mm-hmm. so they're basically coming in and saying, all right, we're going to put all these businesses out of business. You guys have got to come work for us and you're going to have to do it at part time because we're not going to pay you benefits. Mm-hmm. And that in and yeah, of itself no, I, is I'm dirty. I'm from Eastern Kentucky too. Like, yeah, the destroying of uh, yeah, the, the destroying of America. But I mean, that's not just Walmart. That's no, but Walmart all these corporations, they come across and, and do it. It and, did, and absolutely. And I, as a consumer, made the choice not to shop there. Mm-hmm. As as did a lot, as of, did a lot of people, absolutely. And but and but no, in the more in the end, absolutely great, fantastic businesses who make money, who have profits, must pass those on to their employees. If for no other reason than to keep the government from trying to come in and force people to, and putting in regulations that are then going to be job killers and then damage people's ability to open businesses and blah 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 blah. blah. So good job on Walmart for looking at your looking at your bottom line and seeing that you could afford to get exactly. raises. Very Thank much you. all I'm saying. Absolutely. Who have you got? Good. Man, I gotta give it to my man Kasich. I mean, he's he's running second in New Hampshire. Uh I may you know, I, it's too soon to get too excited and all that sorts of stuff. And you know, Huntsman was heartbreaking and but I, I really hope, I a billion times hope that the people of New Hampshire stand up and vote for Kasich, and by some miracle, he is able to win New Hampshire. Because I think if Kasich wins New Hampshire, you got a whole new race. A whole new race. Uh, Because that gives the establishment an obvious candidate to rally around. And hopefully they would, and hopefully all the other establishment candidates would drop out and allow and get behind Kasich. Um, so fingers crossed for, for my man in the dark horse. It's Kasich. It's Whatever. Hard, it's, I like Kasich better. The end, dude. I'm sorry. That's, that's dumb. Yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> I, but you know what? You're right. I, I noticed, but you know, the, but then the question becomes, can he sell himself to a Southern argument? Because then South Carolina, then South Carolina, I mean, South Carolina really is, is the Alamo anyway, but then it really becomes important. Because if he mm-hmm. if he is able to turn in a really good showing in New Hampshire, and I don't mean impressive percentages in third or fourth, I mean win or a very close second. Right. right. I mean that's what he's got to do. He's got to be within just an ass hair of Trump uh, or ahead of him yeah. uh, in order for it to really get attention. But if he pulls that off, and and I'm I'm with you. I am 100 percent with you because. I think that the establishment is leery of Cruz and Rubio and they hate Trump. And you know, funnily, I think they hate Cruz more than they hate Trump. That's probably true actually in the long run because Cruz is, you know, well, he's done his best to piss everybody off as much as he can. So yeah, I, you know, you're, I'm totally with y'all. I go that, you know, and I, and I, I hope he's able to, like I said earlier, I, they put Kasich up there. Then I I may very well have a decision to make, and that's what I want. I want to have to think about this stuff. I don't want to just walk in there and go, "Well, fuck it, I'm voting for Hillary." God damn it, that's all yeah. I got. You know, don't. Speaking of getting a choice, Michael Bloomberg. Did you read no. about this? <laughs> that, that is not where I expected that to go at all. Michael Bloomberg has announced that he is investigating a run as a third party candidate. Ah, yes, I did hear about this. Yeah, and yeah, he yeah, has yeah, basically yeah. declared that if it's Trump versus Sanders, it's a definite. Like, which I th- I think, it, which I greeted with enthusiasm. Like, I, I would be thrilled at that. And if it's Trump versus Sanders, I think Bloomberg pretty much gets my vote. Like, it's not even... I think it's a debate. Really? You, you wouldn't vote um, for... What's his name? Gary Johnson? Gary Johnson? No, because I think Bloomberg... I think... Now, I don't think Bloomberg has a chance of flat-out winning, right? Like, I, I don't... I think it's just, it's just too hard in, in our current system for a third party to get in like that. But I think he has a shot at forcing it to the House of Representatives. By taking some of the... prime, By taking enough states... I think he actually has a chance at winning some states and preventing any of the candidates from getting the majority. And I don't even know how that works. Well, but um, by, by doing you know, that, you're going to pass. You're going to kick it, go go to, the, kick it to the house, and then you got 
it, well, it's Trump. You think well, so? Yeah. I think he, because I yeah, do. I, don't know. I, th- I think there are a lot of Republicans who feel who feel about Trump the same way I feel about oh, Trump. So they're going to vote for Bernie. Well, but Bloomberg. Yeah, given those three, maybe they would. I don't know. Maybe they would. Maybe they would vote for Bloomberg. I mean, because he did use. And one thing that I was interested in is that a lot of a lot of people were talking about Bloomberg as if as if he would mainly pull votes from the Democrats, which is not what I thought. I thought he would pull votes from the Republicans. Well, I mean, he's a no. He's more of a. My understanding is that he he. He, he plays both sides. You know, he, he, he's an independent legally. He's registered independent, I think. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, you know, um, but I think he leans, I, th- I believe he's socially fairly liberal. Fiscally, I'm not sure. He's fiscally conservative, socially liberal. That's his okay. whole thing. He started as a Democrat, switched to Republican, and then in 2007 to 2008, switched to independent. You know, I so I don't know. I think he, I, I, I think maybe, he would pull from both. I think he might pull I think. from. I both. think he would yeah. pull pretty equally from both because I, I'm a Republican and I would pretty much done. Like I mean, I would. That's my guy. I would vote for him. Um, no, I think I'd still. So I'd yeah. probably still vote for Bernie in that case. I would need to read up on me. <laughs> well, really, you would vote for Bernie in that race? Maybe. I I don't know a lot about about Bloomberg. I'd have to I would have to do some reading on him. My gut instinct says it would probably be Bernie, but I don't know. I I'd have, I would have to read up on what Bloomberg's after. He's my my knowledge of Michael Bloomberg is is his status as a media guy, uh, which immediately makes me not trust him. So, uh, <laughs> so um, you know, I, which is why my gut instinct is to say that I would, I mean, cause why? Cause I'm like, I'm going to vote for Trump, please. Um, you know, it's, uh, uh, I would, I would vote for Gary Johnson before I would vote for Trump. Um, so, you know, there you hmm. go. Um, uh, we're, we're, our, our time is running short and, and my WTF moment this week is, is important. Uh, so okay. we, we must, we must discuss me. this and I'm sure yours is too, but I want to go straight from round of applause into, uh, WTF, uh, your WTF of the moment. No, you first. I want to hear me yours. first. Go for Mine it. goes that we talked. Well, well, I'm sorry. I keep forgetting. We were not on the air when we discussed this. My WTF goes to the RNC. This week, the Republican National Committee. This week, the as it was as it was a big deal. Uh, Donald Trump got one major endorsement and one major, just absolute kick in the butt from a conservative standpoint when the National Review did an entire issue, basically saying Donald Trump is the worst thing the Republican Party could have done. They spent the yeah. entire issue trashing the man uh, with very, very, very. Uh, influential conservative voices in Mark Helprin, uh, Glenn Beck, um, and just the magazine itself coming out against uh, Donald Trump with fairly scathing remarks. The Republican National Committee's response to this was to uninvite the National Review uh, as a participating member in the coming uh, Republican debate, uh, which... uh, well, pretty good, pretty much <laughs> media, pretty much media sense. That's about all I got right there. I mean, if that doesn't tell you to me, that is, that is, that is, it, it is, that's socialism, dude. I mean, that's communism. That is deliberately manipulated. That is the most blatant, deliberate manipulation of the media for, and, and the kind of thing that they have been accusing the other side of for years. And, you manipulate the media, the liberal media, yada, 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 yada. And they come back when a bastion of conservatism. I mean, this isn't quite like the Democrats banning the New York Times from participating in their debate, but it's up there. And uh, it is just a remarkably cowardly move on their part. They are capitulating to Trump and they have absolutely lost any shred of decency that they had left. Uh, uh, you know, after, after 2012, this sit, we're going to sit down, we're going to look at where we are, try to go in a new direction. No, they just absolutely shot all of that credibility in the face 
and the hell with them, frankly, if you ask me. So there, and I did not see that kind of move coming. They wanted to be upset with with NBC over how the CNBC debate was run. Okay, you know what? The CNBC debate sucked. It was badly run. I saw it. You're absolutely, they're absolutely right. If they want to go, you know what? If that's the kind of debate you guys are going to run, we're not going to let you run any more debates. Uh, word. That that's that's doesn't surprise me that much. But this was basically, you don't agree with us, get out. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, I, I, I couldn't believe that when when I found that out. I mean, because the National Review, I mean, this is this is a this is a very this is a very conservative sort of magazine, right? Uh, this this is Glenn Beck kind of conservative stalwart sort of, and and they're gonna ban that one because they disagreed. Uh, I yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. Very disappointing, and it's one of the things that does worry me about Trump. You know the way he's responded to stuff. Uh, you know you hear you know who he 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 said he would sue the Washington Times if they printed uh, this uh, the story about the Taj Mahal going bankrupt. Um, you know he he would he would refuse to do these ex debates if they wouldn't ask the sorts of questions he wanted. It, it it makes it makes me very nervous about the sort of relationship that he would have with the media, uh, and I, I hate to see the RNC uh, seeming to buy into that. Um, yeah, very disappointing. Uh, my WTF is less is just maybe a little bit more just just fun. Did you see this where the the one of the the Grand Mufi Mufti of Saudi Arabia uh, has decided to forbid chess? I'm sorry, I didn't get past Grand Mufti. Yeah, I think that Mufti M U F T I. That's a thing. Is that a thing? The Grand Mufti Mufti. You know yeah. what? I'm I'm gonna I can't, I'm not gonna joke about that. That's gonna sound terrible. I yeah no. But okay, so the Grand Mufti banned chess. Yeah, he banned chess. Who he, is the he, Grand Mufti? He ranked he it do? as sinful, right up there with, uh, you know, alcohol and gambling, and chess. Yeah, yeah. He, is it so what maybe bishops are a little phallic uh, just it's a waste of time and causes enmity between players what yeah right really yeah fascinating That's stupid yeah it seemed very stupid yeah I'm sorry it's not a particularly exciting uh, WTF but it you know um, yeah I was very I was very Fascinated by because I love chess. That's my that's my favorite game. So I was fascinated that chess of all things could be a, a spark for some sort of religious you know fight amongst fundamentalists. But yeah, there you go. I I love chess too. Oh my god, that's really funny. Okay. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Whatever. All right. Well. We got time for one more. Let's, you know, we're going to do some, we're going to do some quick topics real quick. I'm going to throw out, this is where we're going to throw out a whole bunch of stuff in just the last couple of minutes. I'm going to say some things and you just tell me what you think of them. Okay. So we got, we got about five minutes to go. So here we go. Sarah Palin endorses Donald Trump. Do we care? Uh, no. Are no we surprised? Cares. Sarah Palin is ridiculous. Everything she stands for is ridiculous. I don't even know why anyone's paying attention. Fair enough. Uh, the film Thirteen Hours. Did you are you familiar with this at all? I'm not. Uh, Michael Bay made a movie about Benghazi. Do you know who Michael oh, Bay is? Oh, right. Okay. Yes, Transformers guy. Yeah. Yeah, Transformers okay. guy. Yes, and that, I just didn't realize that was the name of the movie. Okay, I'm familiar. Yeah. 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 Uh, pretty much tanked. It was. It was. It was destroyed by film critics, which is not surprising. Michael Bay directed. Michael it. Bay. He's yeah. Michael Bay is a terrible director, um, but he does do commercially successful things. This one completely tanked, uh, except for in the South, where it did very well. Um, but on the whole, uh, it, it, it well, it's much generally tanked. supposed to be pretty much like it, it. It makes it as if all of the conspiracy theories are true, basically, right? Like, isn't that the no, not exactly. Oh, I thought uh, it did. okay. No, not at all. You know what? I saw an interview with one of the actors. One of the actors was in it, and he, he comes from a very, uh, a very long line of, of people in the military. Uh, he was on Bill Maher last week, um, and they asked him, you know, what? Okay, so does the movie? He said, you know, the movie really tries not to get political, and. Mar effectively he said, he said something to the effect of you know what you're from a military family you've obviously read a lot about this what what do you think about it 
And the actor, and I don't remember his name, Josh something or other, he stopped and he said, you know what? I think most people would do best to think of what happened in Benghazi as like a, like a car accident. You're not doing anything for any particular reason other than you're trying to get out of it and to solve the problem. You're not calculating, you're just reacting. And people would do well to think of it like that. Interesting. Um, I thought that was a fascinating thing. I'm not surprised, and frankly, I'm a little relieved that the movie tanked because I, I think it would be a shame that a director like Michael Bay would get that kind of political say in something such a hot button thing. And I thought releasing it now was poor form. Um, yeah, unless they were purposely trying to either prove Clinton was right or prove that she did something wrong or trying to inspire one way or the other, which I had, which I had read some things saying that, you know, the people were thought that this film might hurt her, but I guess it sounds like it's not going to do well enough to, <laughs> no, it's not, it's not going to have any legs. It's just not, it's just not going to go anywhere. I don't think it's going to, it's pretty much going to disappear. Uh, Carly Fiorina, who no, we don't really care about anymore, but she yeah. gave a giant pro-life anti-abortion talking about the evils of Planned Parenthood to a bunch of preschoolers. Did you see that? Yeah. Why? Okay. I, I, why are people mad about this? Did she use inappropriate language with the preschoolers or something? She was or talking about aborted fetuses surrounded by a bunch of preschoolers and the parents were not happy. <laughs> um, I, because I she care. said the term aborted fetus. No, nah, I think she was being a little more graphic than they would have appreciated. Um, in front of a bunch of kids that basically showed up to go to the park. <clears throat> uh, man, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about it. Uh, I, I'm weird. I, I would want to hear exactly what she said. Um, you know, the, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I get, I get accused by my wife of being too blunt with our child about sex and that sort of thing. So I think she would say I'm a poor, <laughs> I'm a poor person to judge this. Um, fair enough. <laughs> All right. The stock market, it's up, it's down, it's all over the place. Do we care? I, I don't think we do. I mean, of course we care, but everything that I'm reading, it's going to be okay. This this is a little this is a little dip, and we're going to wake up. You know, the more interesting thing is, is oil. The price of oil is continuing to drop. Do we care? What do you think? I, man, I, you know what? And it's interesting with you being in Ecuador, I read something about, uh, uh, Correa wanting to the, pre, uh, the president of Ecuador, uh, wanting OPEC to get involved, to drive prices back up. Yeah. Um, that's his, he wants them to, uh, to raise prices, to, to lower production. I mean, what, what do you, I, uh, this is this to me is is a little bit of the quintessential. Who do you care about? Do you care? Is are we? Do we want to benefit the wealthy or do we want to benefit the people? Because I feel like it doesn't benefit anybody but the wealthy if oil prices by the barrel go up. Well, Am but you got to remember that? that these. Well, I mean, look at what it's done to. Look at what it's done to Venezuela, right? Basically, the price of oil dropping is has destroyed that country. Uh, you know, and compounded with the fact that Chavez died. Uh, Ecuador, it's basically destroying Ecuador. Uh, the you know Russia, the prices dropping is destroying Russia. Uh, and then also you look at all the people who work for these oil companies. You know, all the people who work, all the Americans who work for these fracking companies that Saudi Arabia has specifically stated. I mean, they are, Saudi Arabia is trying to drive those companies out of business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's not benefiting the wealthy. You know, that, that's hurting the standard blue collar American worker. Um, and then you also look at just what does this do? Um, it's not having the effect that it should. Those prices dropping like this, this should be boosting growth. We should see a surge in the GDP that we're not seeing. Um, so it's it's not quite so straightforward as just you know the prices would help the your prices going up would help the rich. Well, some quite. of what I would would rebut to that is that I mean, on one case you have to think about what you're asking me. You're asking me is do I want to pay more? <laughs> True for gas. 
Well, no, I, I don't. <laughs> Is there any way around that? So no. If you ask me the, that direct question, which is to say, what do I want? Well, no, I don't want to pay more for gas. The other thing is, is that those three nations that you mentioned in Venezuela, Ecuador, and uh, uh, Russia, Chavez, Correa, and Putin, they're all communist nations, effectively. Um, so uh, am I crying for those three men? No, not really. Um, now, those people that live in those countries, absolutely. That's, you know, those are people, things that I'm concerned about with quite a lot. But I don't think that you can point all of their troubles to the fact of the the fact that we're doing more fracking up here and, and the oil prices have gone down. They're run by Chavez, Correa and Putin. These are not good, uh, you know, uh, executives. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think there's more to it than just that. Uh, but here's here's my actual question, and this is going to have to be it for the evening. But where where the hell is the happy medium when it comes to oil prices? Because right now you have oil companies and other nations and a lot of, frankly, a lot of people that are in power uh, saying, well, oil prices are just too low. It's just too low. We have to we have to there's this is uh, the oil prices continue to drop and it's causing all these problems. But then you have us all going, well, shit, dude, I just paid like a buck 15 the other day for gas and it was awesome. So where's the middle ground? Uh, And does one exist? 60, 70 bucks a gallon. Which puts our price right now. Yeah, two bucks or so. Two bucks. Given the current rates of inflation and all those sorts of things, yeah, I would say 60, 70 bucks is a happy medium. A barrel, by the way. You said a gallon, but no, I, I don't Sorry, think you a want barrel. us paying. I don't think you want barrel. us paying 60 dollars no, for not. a gallon of gas. I do not want uh, that. So if we got to around $2 that I was paying $2 for a gallon for a tank, or two, two bucks a gallon for gas, then. Uh, then that would probably be a nice happy spot and and nobody would be crying. I think so. Okay. Fair enough. So, well, that's, uh, that's, that's our story and we're sticking to it. I think that's, that's all we got this week. So, uh, um, I, I have nothing further to add to this. Go vote, go register to vote as you should, because you're all responsible Americans and we love you. Uh, and if you're not registered to vote, then you're just, not doing what you should be doing so go do it uh that's all i got what do you got especially to all i i just want to second that but especially to all of my fellow millennials uh i would tell my students all the time as soon as you turn 18 go vote because the old people are taking all your shit and the the I felt very vindicated because the Economist ran an entire special report on how the young are being held back, and that basically exactly what I said that the old people are taking all your shit. Uh, and so yeah, so millennials, if you don't want to lose everything, then you need to get out and vote because right now politics and who is in charge is being decided by people who are 50 years and up and they have very different concerns than you do. But I'll add the caveat that we love our parents. We do. We do. They give us everyone we're related to (laughs) (laughs) that that is taking all our shit. We love them. (laughs) All right. That's all we got for this week. Thanks so much for joining us. We will talk to you next week. Have a fantastic night.